Let's read together. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with desires and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires. Sorry, loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires. Always learning but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres oppose Moses, so also these teachers oppose the truth. They are men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they will not get very far because, as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium and Lystra? The persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned And have become convinced of. Because you know from those who you have learned it. And how from infancy you have made known the Holy Scriptures. Sorry, you have known the Holy Scriptures. Which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Morning, everyone. Happy Father's Day to everyone, everyone that's um, here and everyone who's watching on the live stream. I hope you um, all enjoyed your morning. Mine this morning started with bacon and eggs on toast, which for a Sunday morning is a bit unusual, so it doesn't matter what happens from here for me. It's been a great day, and I'm pretty sure my own parents are watching, actually, from WA. So happy Father's Day, Dad, and if... My small gift that is currently travelling with Australia Post hasn't made it yet. It's on its way, so I just thought I'd get that in there. (laughs) Let's pray as we begin. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time of looking at your word and to be able to do that together. Father, please pray with us. uh, Please be with us as we hear your message and help us to correctly understand it. Each and every one of us, Father, are applying it to our own lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we continue today in this letter from the Apostle Paul to Timothy, and it's appropriate really for Father's Day because Paul really treated Timothy like he was his very own son. If you remember back in chapter 1, he opens the letter and he refers to Timothy as my beloved child, 
And then here in chapter 3, what we've just heard is this real care that Paul has for Timothy. And like any caring father would do, he knows that Timothy is going to experience persecution and suffering in his life as he goes about his life as a Christian, and specifically as a Christian leader. And so he's warning Timothy in this chapter about these difficulties that he's going to face. And he's encouraging him. He encourages Timothy to keep going Uh, despite all of these things that he's going to experience. And a lot of what Paul's got to say here in chapter 3 is about truth. And I think it's a great question, actually, for us here in this this modern age. What is truth? That's a topic that gets debated quite regularly. And so I thought I'd look that up. Um, The Oxford Dictionary says that truth is the true facts about something rather than things that have been invented or guessed. Makes pretty good sense. No one would argue, I don't think, that true facts are important. Um, Things that operate on deceit or lies, they generally don't go very well, do they? Not long term, anyway. Those of you that would remember um, that American energy company Enron back in the 80s, they lied to the market, they lied to the regulators, bumped up their stock price, but in the end, it was all sort of uncovered, they collapsed. Individuals like, uh, say, Lance Armstrong deceived everybody saying he was drug-free, ultimately found out um, and banned from racing. So deceit or a lack of truth, it generally ends badly. And it's just not pleasant, is it, to be deceived? I can think back to my time uh, working for a company. I had a manager in another state and, uh, you know, we'd regularly catch up and he told me lots of deceitful lies for about 12 months, lied about what they were doing lied about how hard they were working to try and get things working a particular way. I used to visit there. Every time I visited, it looked pretty good. But it was all lies. And we made some changes at one point. We restructured, and I found out that I'd been deceived. I just hadn't seen it. And you know, what hurt the most through that whole experience was it wasn't the wasted time or the wasted effort that I'd put into this person and into into this team that he led. It was just that I'd been deceived. You know, that what I'd been led to believe wasn't true. That was the hardest part. It's just something about deceit that's it's just horrible. And that example from my work, it's a small example, but Paul here in chapter 3, he's talking about a, much, a bigger claim to truth, a much bigger claim to truth. See, he talks here about the truth that God has given Timothy. And he urges Timothy to continue on, Timothy, in what you know to be true, which is the gospel. This is God's truth. These are the true facts that God has given Timothy, the same true facts that God's given us. And they're different to what society might largely accept or commonly accept as truth. So if you think about those two together, that's a pretty big claim. It means... We either know God's truth or we live deceived. And nobody wants to be deceived, right? That's horrible. And in this case, the stakes are so high. You know, the Enron people, they went to jail. Lance Armstrong, he can't cycle again competitively. But that's nothing, right, compared to this the possibility of an entire life lived in lies. Deceived to the truth of God's love for us. And so we'll take a look at this passage, this chapter 3, in um, what that's got to tell us about truth. And we'll begin to look 
Firstly, at what truth isn't? What truth isn't? And we'll look at verse 1 to 4. So have a look at that with me. Verse 1 to 4. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to parents. It's a good one for Father's Day. Ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. It's quite a list, isn't it? And here it's talking about the last days. This is the time between Jesus ascending into heaven and Jesus returning in judgment. So remember, Jesus died He was crucified on the cross, resurrected to life. He ascended to be with the Father. He'll return again in judgment. So between those two times are the last days. So we're in the last days right now. And Paul here is saying there will be terrible times in the last days. And he tells us why. Why will they be terrible? It's because of this immoral behaviour that people inflict on each other. That's why these days are going to be terrible. Lovers of money, boastful, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, conceited, slanderous, so on. That's what will make it terrible. I don't know if anyone watches um, RBT or Kalgoorlie Cops or some of those reality programs on Seven Mate, I think it is. One of those. I've watched quite a few, I'll admit it. And you can sit and watch those programs for 20 or 30 minutes and you'll see most of that list. The letter was written just a bit under a couple of thousand years ago. But, you know, as good as I think Adelaide or Sydney, where I was last year, as good as I think those cities are to live in, I have to say, I sit down, I was preparing this message and I was reading through that list and I thought, you know, it's not hard to see how that could describe right now in many respects. And Paul writes in here, he tells us the reason that it happens. Did you, I've highlighted them. Did you notice at the beginning of the verse there, people will be lovers of themselves rather than, at the end of the passage, lovers of God. And that's where it stems from. If we don't love God, we're not interested in God's order of things. But God created the world. He created us and everything that's in it. He knows how best we should function in this world that he's created. But if we don't care for God, then we won't care how best to live in his creation. And so we'll just care for the thing that we value most. How do we best live for ourselves? Becoming lovers of pleasure and all those other things that Paul lists in that part of the passage. But it's not actually the worst thing because he goes on here in verse 5... And he talks about people who will come from that description. There's a description of a group of people. There'll be people that come from that group who will have some sort of religious appearance. You know, and everybody that follows Jesus will have some form of godliness about them, of course. But these people will have a form of godliness. You know, outwardly they will look like they're part of the Christian community. But Paul writes here about this form of godliness, saying that these people will deny its power. They'll deny the gospel. You know, the gospel that Jesus died to take our punishment for ignoring God, that he rose again 
He ascended to be with the Father. And if we trust that, God forgives us because of what Jesus has done and gives us life to be with him. If you think about that, that is the ultimate Father's Day, isn't it? To be with the Father for eternity. But these false teachers, even though they might look godly, they deny part or they deny all of those facts. That makes them very dangerous. They prey on the vulnerable and they risk their salvation. Because we can keep learning, but never know to never come to the truth of God's plan for us. I wonder if um, I've talked about um, RBT and Kalgoorlie Cops. Anyway, if anyone's watched The X Files, it was a series that was on years ago. A few people, yep, I used to love this show. Back in my 20s, I used to watch, I watched it series after series. So this went on for years, right? Following these two characters here, Scully and Mulder. And the tagline of the show was, the truth is out there. And it really was if you watched it because it went on for years and the truth just kept staying out there. They never found the truth. And I got frustrated in the end and I stopped watching. Like they kept investigating, the FBI investigators, they kept investigating, they kept finding knowledge they kept building up their knowledge but they never found the truth and actually the reality is if we look in the wrong places the truth will always be out there beyond us because we can keep learning and acquiring knowledge of this world that we live in there's no end to observing and sort of measuring, investigating the way the world works, is it? The world's very complex. If you think of um, physicists or quantum physics and every time they find a smaller particle, they think, ah, oh, this is it, we, you know, there's no other, no other building blocks to uh, what makes up the world and then they discover something else. So we'll never discover the purpose of creation or our purpose in creation by observing it and measuring it. That's knowledge, yes, but it doesn't lead to the truth. Because only the one who created all of this can tell us why he created it and why he created us and what our purpose is. And so if we ignore him, we won't ever understand that truth. And these dangerous men Paul's writing about here, they actually oppose the truth. The learning and the knowledge that they teach, it's not truth because it's not the gospel. They've got the appearance of godliness, but they have all these immoral behaviours. That is hypocrisy and it's deceptive. If you cast your mind back a couple, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago, the Banking Royal Commission, and they found that banks were charging dead people for life insurance. Life insurance doesn't help you much if you're dead. There's nothing to insure. It was outrageous deception. And people were rightly outraged. But this is so much worse. This is deception with an eternal consequence. So Paul's very clear. We are not to tolerate false teachers. Avoid them. Because it will not lead us to the truth. Well, that's what truth isn't. But Paul goes on here in uh, chapter 3 to tell Timothy what truth is. And he urges Timothy, as a leader in the church, to continue in the truth. So let's take a look at that from verse 14. He writes here, But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you've learned it, and how from infancy you've known the holy scriptures, 
which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So do you see the contrast here in this part of the passage? See, earlier there were people who denied the gospel. They were always learning, but they were never getting to the truth. And here, Timothy also learned. But the difference is, Timothy learned from the scriptures. And that leads to faith in Christ Jesus. That leads to trusting the gospel. And Timothy here, he is convinced that Jesus is his Lord and Saviour. That's real wisdom. That's real truth. And it's not just some sort of blind belief. It's because it reveals God's plan for us in the world. That he's provided a way for us to enter into his company. That his purpose for us is to be saved through faith and to be with him. Timothy, Timothy knows that real truth. He's convinced of it, and he's convinced of it because of two things. He knows the Holy Scriptures. He knows the Bible, which tell him the truth. And he knows that those who taught him led lives that reflect what he sees in the Bible. So he's seen it in action. So he's not just convinced because of a a really good Bible teacher. He knows the Bible. That's how he knows the caliber of his teachers. He can recognize it as they've lived it out. And actually, that's good advice for, for all of us. We should always consider what we, what we see, what we're being taught at church, what we're listening to in a podcast. We should compare that to what we read in the Bible. That's the primary authority. And what's convinced Timothy here doesn't change, does it? The biblical truths that convinced him years ago, they'll never change. So he can always be assured So let's look now at how God uses his words to not only save, but to teach and to refine us. Have a look at verse 16 here with me. Verse 16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So you see, God's been very generous, hasn't he? He's written down this truth by giving us his own words, And you heard earlier when Stephen was interviewing me briefly, I came to know this truth later in my life. And it made some pretty big differences right in this life right now. And this great assurance of of life after this one. See, the truth, it changes people. It really does. And I I know many people here have their own stories and know people. A good friend of mine who used to be involved in gangs and running drugs and doing all sorts of things came to know the truth, and it transformed this guy. It's amazing. And feel free, catch me afterwards, and I can tell you all about uh, the things that have happened in my life in regards to that. And so these words that God have, God's given us, they not only show us the truth, but they grow us in Christian maturity through being taught, through being corrected. That's growing in true godliness. And that's what Timothy saw in his teachers. God's truth had shaped them. That's authentic godliness. A little bit like those Lego booklets. You know the ones you get when you buy a little Lego kit and you get all the parts and the booklet shows you how all the parts fit together and how they work together? God's word does that. He created the world. He gave it to us to live in. And his word shows us how to live in it properly. That's truth. 
If you don't know that truth yet, can I say to you that the Bible, it really does make sense of a disordered world. It really does. And I want to invite you to take the opportunity just to ask somebody today. Ask me, ask Stephen, ask the person that you came with, but ask somebody just to sit down and read some of God's word together. It won't cost you anything. Maybe a coffee. Just a couple of hours. Make up your own mind whether it's truth. Decide for yourself if you've been deceived. And if you are someone who's been made wise in salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, then praise God. Praise God that you know this truth. And I want to encourage you to think through now about being in the scriptures, being shaped by them. Does anything have to change for you to be regularly in the Bible so that you can be corrected, rebuked and trained by God's word? Because God's words or words don't do that, do they, unless you read them and you hear them. And finally, Paul warns Timothy here in this chapter that actually this Christian life won't be easy. In fact, it won't be easy for anybody who wants to live growing in true godliness in Christ Jesus. This is what he says here in uh, verse 12. There'll be times of persecution. And actually it will get worse. Evildoers going from bad to worse. So why this difficulty or this conflict? I remember talking with a guy. Uh, he was a, a father at my son's sporting uh, playing cricket uh, years ago and we used to have these great conversations really robust conversations because I was pretty passionate I am pretty passionate about the gospel he was pretty passionate about his point of view so we used to get into, stuck into these really great conversations and he'd get quite red in the face and it was great and we became pretty good mates we were always very respectful to each other but his view was he decided what was right and wrong for himself. No one else could decide that. That was for him. And that meant for, what that really means is he decides the truth, right? That's what that means. And so we would have these discussions and I'd say, but if I think something different to you, then who's right? What's true? Like we can't both be right. Something's either true or it's not. Like I can say I've got brown eyes and you can tell me, no, they're blue. But we can't both be right. Not, both of those statements are not true. So truth must come from outside of us, if that's the case. And that's God's truth. That's the gospel. And it isn't always received particularly well. It's not comfortable. And it's not because of the morals that flow from the gospel, but it, it's because it challenges and some of the things that it challenges are really fundamental to people. They're fundamental to how people identify themselves, how they see their purpose in the world. These are really deeply, deeply held values. And so people will push back pretty hard when those values are challenged. And we must be prepared for that because it's worth it. Our world needs to hear God's truth. <laughs> to hear in verse 10. Paul's life demonstrated to Timothy the truth that he knew. Do you see there? From his love and his faith, from his faith and his love of God, came patience and love and endurance. But that is a stark contrast, isn't it, to what we heard at the beginning? Let me read it again for you. 
From a love of self comes a love of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure. Faith, patience, love and endurance, it's a much better alternative to that for life right now. And being made wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Well, that's life eternally with God, isn't it? That's much better than anything else at all. And our world needs to know it. That's why we do things like our big question series. And so Paul says to Timothy here that he must continue in truth, continue in what he's learned and what he's become convinced of, just as we must. When it gets hard or we begin to doubt, the truth that convinced us originally, that truth, that hasn't changed, right? That's still the truth. Salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. That absolute assurance that we are saved through faith, no matter what challenges we might have to endure. So let's pray that we would continue in that truth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this reminder of your truth and your saving message of life through faith in Christ Jesus. Father, please help us to see this truth and to hold on to it regardless of what might lie ahead. Please help us to speak your truth into the places that we live and work. And Father, we pray that many might come to know your truth because of it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.